Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what the day may bring forth. Let another praise you and not your own mouth, someone else and not your own lips. Stone is heavy and sand the burden, but provocation by a fool is heavier than both. Anger is cruel and fury overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Better to open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. He who is full loathes honey, but to the hungry even what is bitter tastes sweet. Like a bird that strays from its nest is a man who strays from his home. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of one's friend springs from his earnest counsel. Do not forsake your friend and the friend of your father, and do not go to your brother's house when disaster strikes you. Better a neighbour nearby than a brother far away. Be wise, my son, and bring joy to my heart. Then I can answer anyone who treats me with contempt. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Take the garment of one who puts up security for a stranger. Hold it in pledge if he does it for a wayward woman. If a man loudly blesses his neighbour early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. A quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping on a rainy day. Restraining her is like restraining the wind or grasping oil with the hand. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. When I first started the experiment, I didn't realise that uh, I'd have an effect on anybody, but I have had an effect on Seth. When I first met him, he'd say two words and you'd say, what'd you say? Couldn't say anymore. And then all of a sudden, he started talking to me. How much pieces can you make a jigsaw puzzle? Me? thousand pieces. What? He took to me and I've taken to him. I thoroughly enjoyed his company. My name is Seth and I'm four. Seth is uh, a very affectionate little boy, but, um, you know, he doesn't have his father around. Doesn't have the grandfather or the grandmother either, so it's just me and Seth. When this opportunity came up to work with the elderly people, I thought it was a great idea for my son. I'd hoped that he would make a really good connection, like someone who's like a grandmother or grandfather, and he can maybe um, have that experience, you know, and um, have maybe an opportunity to have a relationship with one of these people. Think of what your dad do. Uh, I don't know. Hey? I don't know what my dad does. You don't know what your dad does? Why is that? 
Because I don't know, I don't see my dad. Oh, you don't see your dad, that's no good. I didn't know that he didn't have a dad until he mentioned it. You can have this. You can put it on your head. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you ready? And... There we go. Oi! Hey, look. It come now. Yeah, there you are. See? That's you and that's me. Sort of clicked when I saw the photograph. Thought to myself, yeah, I used to be like that myself once. I'd like to see him grow up and be a happy boy. Oh, look at them. Are you having a moment there? Mm. George. Anyway, I'll be right. It's OK. Thanks, Lou. You're going to miss him, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, I feel a lot better that I can help someone else besides myself to get a better life. Which one do you want? I'll hang on to this one and you hold that one, all right? <laughs> I was going to ask, has anyone got some dry, wet eyes here? No? It's, um, it's from a show called Old People's Home for Four-Year-Olds on the ABC. Uh, and it kind of shows us that friendship is a very precious thing, isn't it? It's a wonderful thing. It doesn't matter if it's between George and Seth, who were separated by about 80 years, or just you know someone your own age. Friendship is a wonderful thing. I think this is something that we all know. But we live in an age where there's so much loneliness. Despite being more connected than ever through things like social media uh, and telephones and all the modern technology, and despite many of us living closer together in big cities than ever before, there is so much loneliness in our world. In 2018, there was a study done in Australia. It found that 51% of Australians, so more than half of us, 51% of Aussies feel lonely at least once a week. I was flabbergasted when I heard that. That's, 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 that's a huge amount of people. Other studies have demonstrated that this has impacts on us, on us socially, on, 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 the health, on our health, on the economy. In fact... About three years ago in the UK, they realised that this was such a big issue, loneliness, that they've created a minister, a minister for loneliness, someone whose job it is to figure out how the UK as a whole can com combat this issue of loneliness. Uh, I suspect, given COVID and the lockdowns and border closures and all that that's meant, probably this is, loneliness is an issue more so than, than even before. We see the beauty of friendships and we see all the good in it but we're surrounded so often by loneliness. That could be perhaps even the way you're feeling today, lonely. Well, today we hear God's wisdom on friendship. As a church, we've been working through a book in the Bible called Proverbs. Proverbs is about, it's a book about wisdom, how to live wisely in God's world. And it has heaps to say about friendship. Uh, let me show you. Here's the first thing Proverbs says about friendship. It says, 
friendships are a very valuable thing, a very valuable thing. So take a look at this wise saying, this is Proverbs fifteen seventeen. It says, Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. Now, this was written in a time when you couldn't just duck down to Woolies and pick up any cut of beef that you wanted. Uh, the fattened calf was a very special meal. It was the, kind of like the ancient version of, of fine dining. Uh, this is the kind of thing that you only get very, very rarely. And the point of it is pretty obvious, isn't it? It's better to have a small plate of broccoli and Brussels sprouts than to have the best fine dining that money can buy if the broccoli and Brussels sprouts meal is spent with friends. Because the company you share, the people you share the meal with, that's more precious than the food itself. Friendships are a very valuable thing. Uh, C.S. Lewis was a famous author. He's the guy who wrote Narnia, Lion, Witch in the Wardrobe, this kind of stuff. Now, this is what he had to say about friendship. He said, friendship is unnecessary. What? I read that and I thought, that's not right, is it? Listen to what he has to say. Friendship is unnecessary, like philosophy, like art. It has no survival value. That's what he means by unnecessary. You don't need friendship to survive. But he goes on to say, it has no survival value. Rather, it is one of those things which give value to survival. One of those things which give value to survival. Is really saying friendship is, is a very precious, a very valuable thing? Why is that? I mean, I assume most of us agree with him, right? We, we think that's true. But, but why are friends so worthwhile? And there's lots that Proverbs has to say about this. But let me just show you two things really quickly. Firstly, friends give advice. So Proverbs 27 verse 9, we read this before. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. There are times in life where we just don't know what to do, which way to go, which, which, which path to take. And where do we turn those limits? We turn to our friends. And they help us figure it out. And that makes sense, doesn't it? Because our friends know us. They know us deeply. Of course, they're the right ones to help us think through what to do. That's what makes a friend so pleasant, is their heartfelt advice. Friends give advice, but also friends help us through adversity. Uh, Proverbs 27, verse 10. Do not forsake your friend or a friend of your family, and, don't go, and, sorry, and do not go to your relative's house when disaster strikes you. Better a neighbor nearby than a relative far away. Why is the neighbor, the, the friendly neighbor, why is that person better than a relative? Because they're not connected. Well, it's because they're right there. Uh, they're right beside you. When disaster comes, it doesn't take time. They're with you straight away. Or again, Proverbs seventeen seventeen: a friend loves at all times. A friend's love doesn't disappear even in adversity. They stick with you. They stay. That's what friends do. I want to tell you about one of my dear friends. His name is Brendan. I went to the same university as Brendan. We, we met playing touch footy together. Um, but we really bonded over a desire to keep fit. We realized that we would get puffed out very quickly when we were playing touch footy. And so if we're going to do it a bit better, we thought, let's, let's, let's get a bit fit. And so once a week, we'd go to the pool and swim a couple of Ks together. And then we'd get out of the pool and eat breakfast at a little cafe nearby, which probably uh, did all the good we did by going to the pool in the first place. But anyway, it was over breakfast uh, that, we, that we drew close to each other. We just talked about life, 
our work, our interests. Um, but it meant that when I needed advice on my future, what I ought to do, Brendan was the guy who was able to give it to me. He, he knew me really well after the years we'd spent eating breakfast together. And when for Brendan there was a workplace situation for him that was just hard and he didn't know what to do and it was constantly challenging, I was able to be the friend that sat beside him and listened and was a friend. If friendships are a very valuable thing, aren't they? And it makes sense, actually, of what the rest of the Bible says. The Bible keeps saying people are made for relationships. We're relationally wired. It doesn't matter if you're introverted or extroverted. Uh, no person is an island. We're, we're, we're made to be relational. And this is not talking about uh, something romantic or sexual. It's, it's, we're made to have friends, to, to belong to communities, to share bonds with one another. That's how we work as people. So... Here's the thing we're being urged to do. It's pursue friendships. There is wisdom in you pursuing good friendships. This is something for all of us. But I do especially want to say this to the men amongst us. Men pursue friendships. I'm about to make a generalization. So I know this, isn't, this is not going to exactly be the same for everyone here. But often it's true that women are better at uh, making and keeping friends, whereas men, we tend to focus on tasks, doing things, doing our work, doing the handy bits around the house. We're task-orientated. And that can mean sometimes, quite often, that we don't build friendships. That's, that's, we, we spend all our time doing, 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 and we don't build friendships. So when we need that moment, we're in that moment where we need uh, support or advice, we turn, and there's sometimes no friends we can turn to. I'm preaching to myself here now too. Uh, recently I had a conversation with my mum, and she'd be telling me, Dad had been spending a lot more time at the pub recently. And she was happy about this, Mum was, not it? Don't worry, their marriage isn't on the rocks. She just wasn't happy to have him out of the house. But she, was, she was happy that Dad was going to the pub a lot because there he was hanging out with a bunch of guys, men, men who were mostly retired like my dad was, is. And these blokes, they realised it's been good for them to keep building their network of friendships. So they go to the pub every week and they have a beer and maybe stick around for a meal, but they just talk together. They get to know one another, so... They spend time talking about cars and the footy, harmless chit-chat. They're growing friendships through it all, which means that when big things happen in life or when they need someone to lean on, there's a group of guys there for each other. It meant that when one of them recently lost his wife to cancer... He had a support network around him, ready-made. Men, I get that most of us are busy. We are. But the wisdom of Proverbs is this, to pursue friendships. Even if it costs you some time on the couch. Even if it costs you getting that bit of overtime work and earning a bit extra money. Even if it costs you some of your me time. Friendships are a very valuable thing. Men, 
all of us, will you pursue friendships? But then doesn't this raise the question, what, is a, what does a good friend look like? What does a good friend look like? Now, my guess is most of us have experienced what it feels like to have a good friend around us. And it's not always the easiest thing to put into words. What, 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 what makes someone a good friend? It's some, there's sometimes something intangible about the bonds that friends form. And yet, Proverbs does tell us some characteristics of a good friend. I'm not going to go through these in heaps of detail. Now, I'm going to put some references on the screen there. You can check them out later if you want. But these are the kind of things that make a good friend, according to Proverbs. They're someone who's patient. Someone who loves, who's, who's ready to give you advice. Someone who uses their words well, not to, not to break people apart, but to bring people together. Someone who doesn't always go looking for an argument. Someone who's unselfish. People who are prepared to overlook an offence for the sake of the relationship. Someone who's ready to say a hard word if it needs to be said. Someone who's proven that they're faithful. Someone that they've proven that they're, that they're trustworthy. Now, that's not a comprehensive list of things from Proverbs, but it, it gives you the flavour of what a good friend is, according to Proverbs. Notice that it doesn't say friendships are always nice and happy and easy. There's a recognition there that we're going to make mistakes, that sometimes we'll hurt our friends, that sometimes we'll need to say hard words to one another out of love. Friendships aren't always nice and cushy. Sometimes they're hard work, but that does not mean that they lose their value. Friendships are still so valuable. Here's the question I want to ask, though. Why? Why talk about what a good friend looks like? Well, in part because Proverbs wants us to know what a good friend looks like. After all, Proverbs 12.26, the righteous choose their friends carefully. There's... There's something right about choosing good friends. But I think there's something more to it than this as well. Proverbs is, is showing us what a good friend looks like because it wants us to be a good friend to others. When we look at those characteristics again, we're being forced to ask, is this the kind of friend that I am to other people? Is that the attitude I have, I have when I'm around my, my friends? Do I look like this to them? Take, take a look at that list again for a moment. As you look, consider to yourself, is, is there an area that you'd like to get better at in being a friend? And if there is, why not pray? Ask God to help you do that. But you know, the big story of the Bible isn't so much about you being a good friend or, or the friendships that you've fostered in life. The big story of the Bible is actually about you being befriended. It's about you being befriended by Jesus. Do you know what Jesus calls his followers? Not subordinates, although Jesus is greater than us. Not servants, although we do serve Jesus. On the night before he died, Jesus was with his, his, his followers, and, and this is what he said to them. He said, Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. 
I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I've made it known to you. When you think about it, this is truly amazing. Are you a follower of Jesus? If you are, know this. Jesus considers you to be his friend. And what a friend he is. Uh, remember those, those things we saw in Proverbs, the characteristics of a good friend? That's, that's what Jesus is like, isn't it? He's, he's the truly patient friend. He doesn't give up on me when I keep failing him. He's the friend who will tell me what I need to hear, even if it's going to be hard for me to hear it. Jesus is the friend who's full of love, in fact, who is so unselfish that he would lay down his life for me. Do you see how great a friend Jesus is to you? During his life, Jesus was known as a friend. Do you know what people used to say about Jesus? They called him a friend to tax collectors and sinners. And when people said that, they didn't mean it in a nice way, quite the opposite, in fact. Uh, Tax collectors were betrayers of their own people. They ripped off their countrymen for the sake of their own bank balance. And if you were called a sinner, it's probably because you were on the outer of society. You've done something that was deemed so morally obnoxious to the rest of people that it meant they didn't really want to associate with you anymore. Jesus was known as a friend to these people. And it's true, he actually was a friend to these people. He ate with Zacchaeus the tax collector, a guy who defrauded many people out of their money. He had parties, not just where so-called sinners were invited, but he had parties that were there for the so-called sinners. He paid, he paid homage to a prostitute who honoured him. Even one of his, his closest friends, one of his 12 disciples, used to be a tax collector before he started following Jesus. Jesus was a friend to the outcasts of the world. And there's a point to me saying all of this. Proverbs tells us how to be a good friend. And Jesus shows us who to be a good friend to. If we're followers of Jesus, we do the same thing he did. We look out for those who don't have many friends, who, for whatever reasons, are outcasts, those who society forgets. And no, 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 we don't just look out for them, do we? We befriend them, like Jesus did for us, like Jesus teaches us to do. Who do you know that's easily left out, who's perhaps on the fringes a bit more? Last week we talked about people who are single in church can sometimes be left on the fringes a bit more. Other examples, maybe someone who's just socially awkward. Maybe someone who's got a disability. Maybe someone who just doesn't seem to fit in at work or at school or at church or wherever they go. Maybe it's someone who's older and just can't get out anymore. Maybe it's someone who's new to this country who's come from overseas and so they don't have any family, no friends, no community. 
it might not always be easy, but then again, friendship isn't meant to be comfortable, is it? It might not always be easy, but, but as followers of Jesus, this is what we do. We look to the outsider and we be their friend. And we do this because we first were outsiders. When we were outsiders, Jesus is the one who reached out to us and he dragged us in. He took hold of us and brought us in, even though it cost him. He didn't just bring us in, he counted us then as his friends. Are you a follower of Jesus? Then will you follow him in this way too? Will you be a friend to those who are on the outer? Let me end by telling you about two friends. Their names are Helen and Joyce. They met about 30 or 40 years ago, I think. Uh, They met in a Bible study group. They met at a time when both of them were going through uh, some disruption in their life. They needed comfort and support, and they found that support in one another. And then over the the, the years, a, a wonderful friendship between the two blossomed. They shared ups and downs of life together. They've been there for one another when their kids have grown up and moved out of home, been with one another through some uh, good times and tricky times in their marriages. They've been there beside each other when uh, death has come into their lives through family and friends. For a number of years now, though, Joyce's health has been on the decline. Uh, She's an old woman and dementia has set in. And that's had an effect in her life. She's no longer able to drive. Just remembering things has become tricky for her. Moving around is hard. And now it's at the point for Joyce where even a a simple conversation is very difficult for her to have. She gets confused. She doesn't understand. Sometimes, even if she does, it's, it's hard for her to respond in any way. It would have been so easy, wouldn't it? Just as dementia took hold, it would have been so easy for Helen to just drift out of Joyce's life. But she hasn't. Helen has kept being her friend through it all. She visits her. She visits Joyce. She takes Joyce out to social things so Joyce can see other people. She talks with Joyce, even though it's difficult. She's a friend and she stayed a friend. Without Helen being around, I think it's pretty safe to assume Joyce would be friendless. She'd rarely see anyone. She'd barely get out of the house. Without Helen, Joyce would be forgotten by most people. An outcast. Through no real fault of her own, just because her age is growing and her health is declining. Helen has made sure that doesn't happen. Helen is a wonderful demonstration of what it is to follow Jesus who befriends those on the outer. So I'm going to pray for us now and I'm going to pray that we would be those people too. Will you join me in praying? Loving Father, we thank you for the good things that you've done in this world, making us to be able to enjoy relationships, friendships with one another. And we pray that we'd be a church where we're known for, like Mike said, not just being friendly but having deep friendships. We thank you for the friendship that Jesus has given us. Thank you that he calls us his friend and he acts like a friend to us. 
Help us to treasure that. And in light of what Jesus has done for us, we pray that we would be those who look to be friends to those who are on the outer. Help us notice those people in, in our lives. Help us look out for them. Help us to befriend them. And Father, we pray that we would be, become people who are known for this and so honour the Lord Jesus as we follow him. Help us when this is hard for us. Give us the courage, give us the strength to keep going, we pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.